So despite the Queen's passing, the RCMP and our belief in the system and our understanding of what their job is and the idea of transparency in the RCMP, big conversation to have. Let's have it with U of T law professor Kent Roach, who wrote a phenomenal book about how policing needs to be reformed and reframed in this country of Canada. And the last week, the investigation into Port of Peak, Nova Scotia, all factor in to that discussion right now. Kent, it's great to have you on. Thanks very much for making the time. I appreciate it. Oh, thank thank you. Uh, good good morning, Greg. Of course, thank you uh, for making it. Um, I, I you know you start to see this transpire on Sunday, and the one thing it you know I, I think most people the irony, if you will, wasn't lost on most people that well we're still examining what went so very wrong with communication and response and accountability in Port of Peak, Nova Scotia. We then have this scenario start to play out Sunday and Monday and Tuesday in Saskatchewan with the RCMP. What did you think when uh, you started to hear coverage and, and knowing uh, that, uh, that, like I said, we've got you know a significant, significant story and, and it, with a lot of layers to it playing out in front of our eyes? Yeah, well, I mean, as in Port of Peak, it took uh, over half an hour for uh, the RCMP to respond from from the time of the first alert uh, coming from the community. And so, you know, this this is an issue of rural policing, uh, policing sparsely populated areas. And, you know, people in Toronto uh, may not think about this, but this is a, you know, a big issue and and of course you know the other thing is the RCMP are essentially the local or the provincial police in eight provinces and and all three territories and they've been going through a, a lot of issues uh, lately so I mean it does seem to me that that this makes it even more important um, how or how or if they respond uh, to whatever recommendations are made in uh, in, uh, in Nova Scotia. What are the best ways that you think um, we should alert people to uh, either a, a pending situation with a, a dangerous offender, uh, a place that people, whether it's in a city or out in rural areas, should stay away from. We use Twitter for Amber Alerts. Uh, I remember getting an alert about the Pickering Nuclear Station a while back, but I'm thinking, that, but you've only got a small percentage of the population that might be staring at their phone at that given time or even watching television. How do we do it better? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think they ha- they did do it a bit better in Saskatchewan than Nova Scotia. So, I mean, Twitter doesn't work for older people, including mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't work uh, uh, particularly well in rural areas. So, I think that you know, a, a kind of an all media sort of approach. But I also think we need to you know, uh, put more resources into trying to avoid uh, these uh, these uh, type of, of, of situations, if at all possible. So I think the RCMP probably did a, 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 a better job, which, you know, we don't know whether that reflects changes because Commissioner Lucky, uh, when she testified before the Nova Scotia inquiry, said, well, we really hadn't changed anything. But, you know, it, it, it depends on who the commander is in the particular province. And each province, uh, RCMP's detachment has their own uh, sort of way of, uh, of uh, operating. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we certainly knew in the news that 
that uh, the suspect was uh, was at large. So uh, so you know it 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 it, 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 it was I think a, a bit of an improvement. Ken Roach is joining us on Toronto Today, a law professor at University of Toronto. Um, the response when he was captured, I think a lot of people saw this in two parts on Wednesday night in that they heard he was captured and then maybe they went and did something else. I sure did. And then three hours later, you come back. Well, the suspect is deceased. And I'm thinking I saw him being handcuffed. And and I assume the next step was putting into a police van. The RCMP is not saying much about this. Should they be saying more? I get waiting for an autopsy, but we hear all the time about, um, you know, violent crimes and they didn't wait for autopsies to denote that 11 people were, were stabbed to death on the weekend. What's the protocol here and what should it be? Yeah, well, this is something I, I discuss in my book is that, you know, in part because of uh, conflict, I think, between police and, and many communities, we have these independent criminal investigations whenever someone dies in police custody or someone is seriously injured. Uh, but Saskatchewan um, doesn't have an SIU as Ontario has, and, and not to say that the SIU is perfect, but I think what we're seeing is uh, a kind of closing of ranks. And one of the main messages of the book, and, and this may surprise people coming from a law professor, is that all of the legal forms of uh, of after the fact accountability you know is is should the police officer be charged criminally should they be sued did they violate the charter should there be a disciplinary offense all of those things are uh, i could find no evidence that they're actually improving policing uh, they may be making policing more uh, uh, defensive. And so a large part of the book is an argument, and I think it particularly applies to the RCMP, is that we need both a strong minister, a uh, strong commissioner, uh, a police service board to kind of uh, give better policy direction before the fact so that you can avoid uh, whether it's, it, you know, we don't know if it was possible to avoid this person dying in custody. We don't know whether it would have been possible to have prevented uh, the number of deaths or to have captured him uh, uh, sooner. But these are, are actually not things that courts uh, are likely to answer. And uh, one of the problems with the RCMP is the Minister of Public Safety uh, has a huge portfolio mm-hmm. and is, you know, I, I think uh, sometimes reluctant to give transparent direction to the RCMP because the RCMP said, well, we're police and we have operational independence. But the problem is, is that the police are, are just too important to allow them to govern themselves. Someone needs to govern them. And it may be that, you know, you and I, you know, we may not agree with the policies, but they're there has to be some kind of democratic route to try to uh, debate uh, what we want from the police and, and what we can afford from the police. I mean, perhaps the RCMP is under-resourced. Do we want to spend more money on uh, on policing? But, but these are all democratic uh, questions. And so I really wrote the book to say that, uh, you know, our politicians and our police service boards uh, mm. really 
need to take more responsibility and, and, and we can't let the police just decide for themselves how they operate. Ken Roach is joining us. Uh, his book, uh, which was just published this year, Canadian Policing, Why and How It Must Change. Let's, let's bring it local to Toronto in, in our in our last exchange here. What can we do differently? I hear people say all the time police aren't, chained, or aren't trained properly to handle mental health calls. And I always make the distinction. We can't when someone's got a gun or a knife, we can't just send somebody out with a clipboard. But at the same time. We, with a mental health scenario, we can't send a SWAT team in breaking down doors. That's going to elevate the tension. Is there a hybrid? Is there a fine line we can get into to where um, not only do we preserve people's health and, and, and make people accountable if they are committing a crime, violent or otherwise, is there a way we can bring this up the middle? I, th- I hear from cops and they want that. They want some kind of a, a solution where the burden and the onus isn't all on them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and, you know, so <clears throat> we do have uh, teams where uh, a police officer is uh, is teamed with a mental health uh, nurse, and my oldest daughter is a mental health nurse, so mm-hmm. I'm all for what she can do, but I also don't want her to be placed in an unsafe uh, situation. But we're not, again, giving enough resources, and so when at Ajas Chowdhury was killed in June 220 in Mississauga. Uh, the people there hadn't called the police. They actually had called for mental health assistance, and there was none that was available. The, the yeah. teams of Peel police were already occupied. And so, you know, we have a mental health epidemic in our country. We have a drug epidemic in our country. And the police are a hard organization to change. They're not going to change uh, themselves. Uh, that, that you know, Justice Bastarash, in his report on sexual harassment in the RCMP, said we can't expect the RCMP to change itself. And Commissioner Lucky said, well, we really haven't done anything after Porta Peak. So someone has to change the police and the mix of police. Yeah and treatment. And if it's not our politicians, I don't know who it is. Ken Roach joining us, uh, Faculty of Law from the University of Toronto. I hope we can have more conversations about this. Really, uh, really enjoy uh, our, uh, chatting with you today about this. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Ken, Ken Roach from the University of Toronto. His book, Canadian Policing, Why and How It Must Change.